0: tuning in to this episode of the Parent Stuff Podcast. My name is Evan Semenko. I am the host and I'm so thankful you are here today. Each week we try to bring a conversation with a parent or expert, someone trying to help you to win as a family. And today we bring on Ray Rainey. Known Ray a long time, really appreciate him and his wisdom. He's a parent, a grandparent. He is somebody that's on staff list here at Simple Church as a care pastor and has a pretty incredible story of going through life and raising blended families, losing a spouse and all kinds of good stuff that you don't want to miss. So check out this conversation with Ray and then make sure you hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast so you don't miss a new episode each week as well as give us a five-star review that just helps people to find the podcast, makes it easier to search. We would really appreciate it. So here is our conversation with Pastor Ray Rainey. Thanks for tuning in to the Parent Stuff Podcast. Excited to have Ray Rainey here. Ray, how are you today?
1: I'm good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were just
0: talking about the pollen count. Spring is in the air. It is. It is.
1: A- <clears throat> so I'll be <clears> throat> my throat probably. That's right. So get ready for it.
0: They can handle it, because the information you're going to bring today is worth it. That's we can handle right. some coughing and some it's pollen stuff. But tell us about you, Ray. Talk about your family, and then how long have you been in ministry?
1: I have a wonderful wife, Allison. We've been married 15 years. She has two children, uh, of course, grown adults, as is my two daughters. Um, Allison's kids live in Virginia, and so that's kind of hard on her. Uh, But thank the Lord for Zoom and FaceTime and um, Marco Polo. Marco
0: Polo. Marco Polo. Use the technology for good. My wife's a big Marco Poloer. If you don't know Marco Polo, it's like a video app that you can leave video messages and talk back and forth. So your mm-hmm. uh, wife Allison does that with her kids and oh, grandkids. She
1: utilizes that every day. There's a free parent tip already.
0: Download Marco Polo. There you go. That's awesome. So yeah. you have two kids from previous marriages and maybe getting a little bit of that story and mm-hmm. kind of going through of you've you've had quite a story, right?
1: Yeah, quite a life. Quite a life. Um Yes. I mean, I have a daughter that, um, Ray Lynn, and then Amanda's my stepdaughter, but I don't call her a stepdaughter right? because um, I raised her. Uh, I married Phyllis when um, Amanda was five, so pretty much, you know, raised her. So I'll, I'll claim it. Absolutely.
0: They're great kids. And I grew up with Lynn. Me and Lynn worked together as interns at First Bossier for a year. She was a senior, I was a freshman, and we've known your family a long time. And it is uh, quite a story. He said you had a lot of life and lots happened. So tell us a little bit maybe about, so you were married and mm-hmm, divorced, and mm-hmm. then you married Phyllis, kind of walk through that phase of life and how old were you and raising kids and get into that beginning part of your story.
1: Okay. Um, so, I'm waited till I was 28 before I got married.
0: I did not realize that. Mm-hmm. That's pretty late, especially I mean back in your day.
1: Yeah, right. And then uh we were married 4 years, had a child, Ray Lynn, after 2 years or no, 3 years. And Ryleen was 1 when my wife came to me and said she didn't want to be married anymore. And so, you know, hindsight's 2020 sometimes. Uh, But I can look back on that and say today and shortly after that, that that was probably the best thing that ever happened to me, Hmm. a divorce. And here's why. It brought me to the Lord.
0: Because at that time you weren't in ministry.
1: Was not in ministry. Oh, I didn't. No, God wasn't in my life at all, you know, uh, for those four years. Uh, and when sandy left i like got on my knees and just cried out to god and say god there's got to be more to life than this and um started seeking him started going to church and shortly after that within probably six weeks uh, prayed to receive christ and um the rest is history
0: I think about somebody listening to this podcast, right? You're probably a parent. Maybe you're a grandparent trying to figure it out and talk about parenting. So at that point, you were in your early 30s, divorced, mm-hmm. single dad now, and that drove you to Jesus. And it did. It's a huge thing. So what is something that happened at that time? If somebody's listening right now, maybe they're in a crisis or they've been through a divorce. Was it a Bible study? Was it a pastor? I mean, what was it that you were doing at that time that helped bring you to God?
1: Just going to church. Yeah. Um, Showing up that's a big part showing of it. up and you know back in the in the day they gave invitations at the end of the service and I always felt like oh I need to go down or I need and you know I need to do something didn't know what it was never did uh but I was talking to a lady on the telephone one night uh Val Dooley used to be sheriff of Bozier Parish okay his wife um and she she just asked me she said Ray have you ever I, I told her I felt like something was missing And she said, "Uh, have you ever asked Jesus into your heart? And I said, no. And so I did that right over the telephone. Wow. And that's how it all, you know, got started. Started going, you know, really getting involved in church. Um, Was there every time the doors open. Uh, Going to Sunset Acres, which now springs of grace for a couple of years. Um, Got married to Phyllis. And um, did you meet her at church? Met her at church. There's another plug for church, right? It's there a you great go. Great pace if it, you're trying to <laughs> find somebody. It is. And then we um, decided, you know, we needed to move to another church. Ended up at First Bowser, and was there for two years. And the whole time I was there, I sensed God calling me into the ministry, but I fought it. What were you doing vocationally at the time? I owned a body shop. owned a body shop for 25 years and kept saying to myself, a church is not going to hire me. Um, It'd be a financial hit. <laughs> be a huge financial financial hit. Um, you know, for lots of reasons. I was divorced. You know, back in those days, churches didn't hire divorced people. You couldn't be a
0: pastor and be divorced?
1: No, no. So, you know... One day I walked into my business, and the place was in shambles. It had been broken into, and so I said, Okay, God, you got my attention, and I surrendered to the ministry. Uh, there was a guy that was a singles minister at First Bosier at that time. He resigned for no reason. I was teaching in the singles, teaching Sunday school, and he just called me and told me. He said, Hey, I'm resigning. just want to let you know, and uh, so I called Dr. Fred and said, Hey— um, uh, Bill's resigning. Can I take his place? You don't have to pay me. You just want to learn the ministry. And he said, sure. So I worked. <laughs> That's an easy yes. <laughs> yeah. right? Somebody wants to work for you for free. For free. free. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, come on. So I did that for two years for free. Two years. Two years. But I had a business. So, you know, I had income. Right. Um. So uh, one day, Calvary Baptist Church called me to be their singles minister. And Dr. Fritz said, nope, we're going to keep you. Not going to poach you. And he started paying me. So uh, that was 25 years ago. And I just want to stop
0: though, because that's so rare. I think is you were trying to figure out your call, what God wanted you to do. And you did two years of free before you took that step and went full time. Mm -hmm. And I think, I I mean, I'm going to speak for myself being impatient, right? You want God to answer now and make it clear. And what am I supposed to do? And this is what you want, God. But you were very faithful in just showing up, (laughs) giving your time, going and taking it. You were a daddy, young kids, you had other responsibilities, you had your own business, all the excuses that we can give, but you were still there serving and doing that, and I really think that that's probably why God blessed you and now got you that point, right? Financially, it was difficult, and I think for all the dads listening, right, that's something Mm -hmm. I feel a pressure of providing for your family and balancing making money versus going and trying to do what God wants you to do. Did all of that play out Were there times in that two years where you're like, I don't know if I should be doing this or not, or was it always like, I'm here, I'm in, and then seeing that
1: no i knew i knew that's what i was supposed to be doing yeah um and i was willing to sacrifice income for what god had called me to do and you know again when i look back at all that i've never missed really missed anything in life um possessions or trips or in fact i think i've done more as a minister traveling around the world and all sorts of things that I wouldn't have been able to do had I still been in the body business so you know God always provides he always takes care of you you know when you're doing what he wants you to do when you're obedient to him and following him uh, there's still going to be bumps in the road because I've had many many bumps yeah but um but yeah he's he's going to always be there for you so It's a matter of trust.
0: And that's a big word. It's easy to say. It's hard to live, right?
1: Because we trust in the wrong things. That's, see. What are some things we trust in the wrong things, right? Money, job. Status. Status, house, car. All those things we, you know, we look to as success and um, that things that are going to make us happy and content. And they really, when you look at them, they don't because you're always wanting a little bit more and a little bit more and it's so it never satisfies only thing that satisfies is your relationship with the lord and and having peace with him
0: and that's counterintuitive right we think we can have both we think a lot of times that if we are just like providing for the family and making money and doing those things they'll be happy and then we'll feel fulfilled but when we prioritize that over that relationship with God, of spending quality time with your kids, of doing those things as a dad that nobody else could do, right? You're the only dad your kids will ever have. You might be a stepdad. You'd be the father figure in their life, but they only have one dad. There's only one person that's there and be able to do that. And you can't replace that role with somebody else or babysitters or going and doing other things if you're focused more on the chasing the money and doing oh, that. Yeah. And it, I know we say that, and it's easy to hear it on a podcast, but I think there's a lot of people that struggle with that balance and figuring that out and doing that, and I just appreciate you talking about that because you can look back now in hindsight, right? You get that gift of looking back in your life, and you see that God took care of you, but I think a lot of people listening to this are probably younger parents and like, I don't know if I can do that or not. I don't know if I could take a hit and change my job even though I'm unhappy in doing this because I've got a car note, because I've got private school, because I've got this pressure to do these things. But ultimately, I think what you're saying is what I believe is when you trust God, when you take the step to do what you feel like is the right thing and are responsible, then the money will figure itself out. Oh, yeah. It always it always has. And we have less. Right. I drive a 10 year old car that's got 150,000 miles. That's a sacrifice. It's a trade off. But the reward I feel like for me and I hope that people listening see that a brand new car that you trade in every two years is not worth the being out 60, 70 hours a week and you can find some kind of balance in that.
1: Yeah, it doesn't happen. Yep.
0: so you said bumps in the road. That's Bumpting. a very understatement for <laughs> your life. Mm. So you're married now, you've gone through, you're in ministry, and once you're a pastor, right, everything is just perfect, right? Nothing bad happens, you're following God, and everything's Absolutely. just fixed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's a little sarcasm.
1: Because that's, you know, that's just the way ministers' lives are. They're all in this nice little... Um, Insulated bubble? This little bubble, uh-huh. this little box, you know, and everything's all good. and You know, you come to church on Sunday morning, everybody's smiling, saying, good morning, good morning. How are you? Oh, I'm good, I'm good. Liar, liar. Mm. You know, and that's the way most church people are. You know, their lives are in shambles, but they come to church smiling and everything's good, but that's not true. And the world now, it's on social
0: media too, right? Their world's in shambles and they're projecting an image of what their life is, but you can't really ever trust the highlight reel you see on Mm -hmm. social media or the face they put on at church. So you were going through some really difficult times as you got in there and got into ministry and had a, I mean, really just, you understated. I know you can look back on that, but I'm just trying to put myself in your shoes of what you've gone through and sharing this story. And I appreciate you doing it today because I think there's people that will relate to the loss of a spouse, cancer, this battle. Talk about Phyllis and what's, what happened in that phase of your life.
1: Yeah, Phyllis had uh, developed brain tumors. And how old was she? 51. Yeah. Just a young well, one. I mean, when she died she was fifty one, fifty two. Now so the tumor started when she was forty five, so yeah. seven years or so of that. Um I, I told this story I tell this story all the time. One year before um we discovered that she had a brain tumor, I did not have health insurance. And God kept pressing upon my heart and in my mind I kept hearing you need to get health insurance. You need to get health insurance.
0: And it's not like an audible <laughs> voice, right? And I think people get tripped out about this. And if you're a newer Christian, and I know it's like, what does that mean God was speaking to me? But it's time you're spending quiet, praying, reading your Bible, right? Mm-hmm. And you just have something in your gut. Mm-hmm. And I really think that's a great way to say it, that if you're not hearing from God or you don't know what God's saying, you're probably not being still and quiet enough to listen.
1: Exactly. And so, um, I, you know, went ahead and got insurance and then, she started having all these surgeries, and it was just, uh, you know, one after another, and um, of course, you know, ended up, the last one ended up taking her down, so.
0: Seven years, though. That's Seven years. That's a long years. time to yeah. go through that,
1: right? It was. And I just
0: think about, you're doing stuff with Lighthouse for childhood cancer and families that are going through that, and I think about Charlotte and Steve Gomez that we know in the church mm-hmm. are going through their health issues right now. Yeah, I,
1: I can't imagine what they're going through, way worse than what I went through. <sighs> Let me go on record. And say that every time I think about them and pray for them and, uh, I just, my heart just hurts. Yeah. You know, Uh, I can't imagine what he's going through. But that's so (coughs) interesting to me to
0: hear you say that because you went through (laughs) a really difficult thing too. And I know that you don't want to, you're not a complainer and you're not, you can look back and see it, but you went through something really hard.
1: It was at the time. yeah. Yeah. Um, but got, again, you know God got me through, got us through. <clears throat> um, and he took Phyllis because she her last surgery kept left her paralyzed and she couldn't talk. And so she was going to be in that state according to Dr. Nanda for the rest of her life. Mm. And so God was merciful that he took her, you know um, I, I share this with people all the time too. I feel like when she died I, I didn't I didn't grieve. And i felt guilty about it mm. and so um finally w- somebody told me one day said well you know you grieved for seven years because each surgery you're thinking this is going to be it this is going to be you have it. to prepare yeah and so uh so i thought oh okay yeah that's that's true you know and so you know i think s- so now when i do a funeral and say someone has passed away suddenly i see the people grieve and then I see people that like in my case where you know someone was sick for a long time I, f- I feel like that's God's grace for the people for the survivor because it helps you to let them go when you see them suffering when you see them in that state it helps you to let them go but so that they won't suffer anymore mm. versus somebody passing away real quick yeah you know that's devastating that's just that sends you down, you know, down the tube. So, um, yeah, and you know, they say all the time, God knows who can handle what.
0: You, you don't know, know till you're there.
1: Exactly, e- exactly. You don't know till you're there. I I remember one time sitting in Doctor Fred's truck one day uh, because there was a lot going on. Phyllis, Phyllis was about to have a surgery, and you know. Um, my brother was a crackhead, um, marijuana meth, all that kind of stuff and he was just crazy. Didn't didn't like me because my life was perfect in his eyes and you know, he had all the issues that he had and so he had st- stolen from us and I mean just all sorts of things. My daughter, there were some things going on with my daughter and all of these things going on. I looked at Dr. Fred and I said, I just don't know if I can take it anymore. What am I going to do? And, you know, and he looks at me, you know, he's the big theologian, preacher, you know, man of God. And so I'm thinking I'm going to get really, really, really profound. going to answer all the questions. Advice. <laughs> yeah. And he's going to just say, yeah, thank you. That's awesome. That's what I needed. But he says this. He says, well, I don't know what to tell you, Ray. I'm going, okay. And he goes. But what I do know is that God's building the testimony in your life. And I looked at him, and I said, I think I've got enough testimonies. <laughs>
0: I've got enough stuff.
1: But I've had many testimonies <laughs> since then. It didn't so end. So it wasn't, you know, I didn't have enough th- then. So, But here you uh, are now,
0: t- this twenty. 20- 25 years later, sharing the story still and helping people we hope that are listening to hear this that you were able to still follow God in your life and go through that horrible situation that most of us can't imagine and come out the other side and still
1: have faith and trust. And so now, 25 years later, I can't tell you the number of people that I've been able to counsel with even as late as last Friday night from my life experiences and what God has done in my life. And so when they're sitting there telling me their situation and I'm sitting there going, okay, God, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? Every time, it's always been something that I've experienced. And I say, well, let me tell you that same thing has happened to me. And let me tell you how God helped me through it. And they look at me like, oh, well, you do understand. You do know. So it's something that's not come out of a textbook but something that's come out of real life and hopefully been able to help people through you know through their situations
0: I'm gonna go ahead and say you've helped people right I'm gonna give that credit for you and you can be humble about it but right I know yeah. for
1: a fact you've
0: we call you Yoda around the <laughs> office you were very wise <laughs> only because yeah. I've been through life and you've been through life faithfully i know you probably wouldn't say you're perfect nobody's perfect you can't say you always did it right but i think you can look back now and see that the fruit of what you were doing and following god is now showing and helping other people and that's a huge thing for us we're so thankful that you're willing to come on and talk about it and share that with people listening maybe people you'll never meet but if you are looking to talk to somebody ray is a great resource and we can do that at the office set it up if that's something that relates and clicks with you because then as a stepdad now You have lost a spouse and you're raising two adult kids. And I know we've kind of talked before that they didn't necessarily take it the same way you did when Phyllis passed.
1: No. Uh, In fact, a year, let's see, a year, I married Allison a year and a half after Phyllis died. My two grown girls at the time, early 20s, mid 20s, uh, totally rebelled at first. In fact, they were going to wear black to the funeral. To the wedding, to the wedding, yes, <laughs> to the wedding, yeah. Sorry. So they thought it was too fast for you to get remarried. Well, I don't know what they thought, but from what I found out and asking around, that that's typically normal for kids to respond that way. Even adult kids. Even adult kids. So it's you know it's it's tough on our kids, you know, going through a divorce or death or, you know, and then the spouse remarried and you know and it. Brings about the term blended families. Yep. And blended families are hard. Hard. For lots of reasons. The main reason is that it's not the way God intended. God intended one man, one woman together forever. And when we get a divorce or when the spouse passes away and you get remarried, then you bring in all these other issues you bring in uh step parents you bring in uh biological parents that biological. aren't necessarily healthy and you, you bring in grandparents you know that from from both sides you know and then you got the kids the kids that want their way and so typically what happens I know is what happened with me and Phyllis was that the kids are young and they want their way and they will manipulate the heck out of the parents <laughs> to get what they want. And usually the parent will take the kids the you know, like the like Ray Lynn, Your daughter. My daughter took my side, you know, and manipulated me against Phyllis and Amanda did the same thing. You know, but that's just kids, that's just human nature. Right. So, you know, what I tell parents all the time in those situations is that you have to have each other's back Mm. you have to have it you know unified yes or it'll it'll divide that marriage you know um and usually that's what does divide a second marriage is the is the kids the, the issues with the kids so it takes a lot of work it takes a lot of trusting the lord you know being grounded in him and then again having each other's back yeah,
0: and you talked about a resource for families when we talked before of trying to help blended families because it is hard. Mm-hmm. But you do know a great organization that can help with some of that.
1: Yes, Gala Grace, and the organization is uh, I can't run off. Let's start. Do that you yeah.
0: I, Okay.
1: I should have. I should remember that because right. uh, I called her.
0: Yeah, you told me that she had moved.
1: Yeah, they moved to Conway, Arkansas, but uh, she's still available. You know, and does seminars all over the country. Organization is, has been you know supplies lots of resources, and they do single or not single they do blended family. Uh, so let's start over. Let's do that conferences. again. Conferences. Yep. Okay. All right. So Ray, you told the name of it? that's right the
0: summit on step family ministry. Step family ministry. Okay. Yep. So Ray, the one thing you told me that might help some families is a resource for somebody you knew personally that's trying to help blended families.
1: Yes, that is Gayle Grace with Step Family Ministries. Uh, they do seminars all over the country. They have tons of resources that they can, you know, help you with in the blended family situations. Um, Gayla herself and her husband are are blended family. And so, you know, like myself, they've gone through that. They know the issues. They know, you know, what it takes to get through that. Um, and, of course, you know, the number one thing it takes is to have a family. Going to church, seeking the Lord, you know, living for him, and it's still hard. Yeah. You know. Uh, and that's
0: encouraging. I mean, again, as a minister, right? You're a full time Christian and you still had those difficulties. And if you're a parent listening to this, that's struggling or having a difficult time, you're not alone. It's not unusual. You're not weird or bad parents.
1: It's just hard. It's it's the nature of the beast, I yeah. like to say, you know. Absolutely. It is so what it is. But again, it's not it's because it's not the way God intended. That's the bottom
0: line. Absolutely. And that's not something to say that God is mad or punishing you or doing those things, right? But He loves you and wants the best for you. And the best plan was originally to be married to have that one family because it's hard enough. A normal family. You talk about manipulating. I think about my kids are five and three right now. And they'll try to play us against each other. They'll Mm -hmm. say one thing to one parent and then come back and ask, oh, can I have gummy snacks? I was like, did you talk to your mom? She's like, yeah, she said (laughs) I could. But they're prying. They're looking to push those boundaries, and it's just (laughs) it's challenging, and it gets more complicated the older they get, and it's something that for families, this resource, we're going to put the link to the show notes to try to help to have some of those conversations to talk to somebody else. And again, Ray is a great resource. We'll put your email in there, Ray, if somebody wanted to reach out and talk with you too.
1: But what makes it really tough because when the kid does that, the the parent, because they feel guilty because they've been through a divorce and they don't have their original spouse, then they give in to the kid, you know, and they want to make it better or, you know, and it, it just snowballs. So, yeah. Yeah, give me a call if you are having those types of problems and we can sit down and talk through it. And that is what you do. You're a
0: care pastor. You help involve the Simple Church, and you're a resource here to families, and we would love to connect you with Ray. Everybody would benefit from talking to Ray. I completely, 100% endorse that. So that, oh, go ahead. Will you say something? Mm -mm. Okay, cool. So that was that phase. You get remarried a year and a half after losing a spouse. Now you're in your 50s, and you go and become a grandparent. It's fun stuff with that. You have a great relationship with your grandkids, and then life throws another curveball.
1: Yes, uh, throws another curveball in the sense that um, God calls me to a church in Baton Rouge. Wonderful church, wonderful, wonderful people, Estrema Baptists. So we moved, Mary Allison, we moved down there for uh, four years. And everything about being down there was like awesome, great, except for one thing that was being away from family up here Mm. and um, we had a we had developed a great relationship with the grandkids they spent the night with us every week Um, just so close of course they were you know seven eight somewhere in there nine Um, and it it broke their hearts Mm. and crushed them that we were we were moving And so we're down there for four years and we come back and they're teenagers and they have their cars and phones and all that and their friends. And so we don't have that close relationship like we did. And so that hurts. You know, I'm 67 years old and I can say, honestly say I I have lived life without any regrets. That is my only regret is being away from them Hmm. because, you know, I don't know. Um, so yeah, it's tough. It's hard.
0: It's complicated.
1: And my dad
0: lost his job the year after my daughter was born and they were the great grandparents. They still are, but they moved to take another job. And it's just, it's one of those things of you as a couple, you as a man, as the leader have to figure that out for your family. But at the same time, there's a trade off, there's there's a cost. And I think the trade for me of that, encouraging anybody listen to this is if you have grandparents close if i mean if your kids have the grandparents close that you would try to do everything you can to take advantage of that and have that and if you're a grandparent listening or maybe send this to a grandparent use that time raise as you're saying that you never know when that chapter will end when you have that chance to be close with your
1: grandkids definitely uh that's you know most important is our families you know and so Make sure that you do spend that quality time. And like we talked about earlier, are you spending that time seeking the dollar mm. or are you spending that time doing those things that you're not going to regret later in life and spend that time with your family?
0: And let's be honest. It's probably hard when you're having kids spend the night. <laughs> you're older. You're tired. It's very exhausting. It can be energy. And it may be even... I don't want to say selfish, but it may be the natural inclination is, ah, they don't need to stay the night. Or, I didn't have anybody do it for me when I was a kid, that my kids are fine to do that. What would you say to somebody that maybe they don't keep the grandkids or they are feeling overwhelmed or doing that? Would you say something to them as a grandparent looking back on that?
1: Yes, it's worth it. It is worth it. It's worth the being tired and, you know, all of that. It's house being a mess. <laughs> house being a mess. Um, yeah, I, I I wish I could have it back really do. But there were so many things that, um, good things that came out of me going to Estruma. And one of those, it's a good transition, like you,
0: a professional podcaster, Ray, was getting <laughs> involved with the state police down there. Talk about being a chaplain of that story and this phase of your life now, what you're doing to minister to those guys.
1: Yes. I When I was at Estruma, I wanted to get outside the walls of the church, so I had applied to be a chaplain for a hospice and just stand around talking to a group of guys one day at, at church and one of those guys was a one of the colonels with the state police he went to a struma and um he looked at me and he said well why don't you become a chaplain f- for the state police and i just thought, well i didn't know that was possible
0: never heard of that. never yeah.
1: heard of it and so he got me hooked up got me connected so i started doing work with them down there at troupe and then of course we moved back up here three years ago and been at troop g ever since so i get to ride with the troopers i try to go once a week uh spend time with them uh getting to know them and it's taken two years uh, but it's of a lot of hours spent with them at night so i i don't miss i go at night you know um but getting to know those guys and i've been able to to really, to counsel with them, you know, and it's, that's been a blessing to be able to, to do wedding, funeral, counsel, you know, with those guys that they're, they've put up this wall and, you know, they're hard and they're, you know, uh, they don't trust and all that, Uh, so it's been hard to kind of break through that, Uh, but it's, but it's, I have, I've been able to, I really feel like I've been able to, Um, so I've done Such work at Troop G that the state has recognized that, and they want me to go and teach all the different chaplains across the state what I've done here, and they want it to be done in the rest of the troops. So the state's hired me part-time to do that.
0: Which is a big compliment. I know you'd be humble about it, and this is why we say raise wise. It's, it's something that you can help other people in your heart to do that. It's Probably not every chaplain, right, that maybe is not in that mentality to do that. We hope that you are a blessing to them and to challenge them and encourage them, that you get to speak now to help the whole system be better.
1: Well, yeah, and I think that's been the problem is there hasn't been any accountability. Mm-hmm. There hasn't been someone encouraging them. It hasn't been someone teaching them, you know, this is what you do because it's, let me tell you, even to this day, when I go up to the troop, knowing that I'm going to be riding with somebody, I still feel intimidated. I still feel like, ooh, you know, what's, you know, how's this guy going to act? Whatever, you know. And um, so I have to remind myself, this is a ministry. Mm. You know, this is what God's called me to do. That's what motivates me to get up there and do that.
0: And it's easy to point fingers and criticize and look from the outside and talk about problems. There's a lot of that talk in culture right now. But what I love and appreciate about you, Ray, and what we're all about at Simple Church is you can't really care about somebody until you know them. And it's easy to (laughs) villainize and to push people away and to say this whole thing is a big problem. But really, it's individual people that God loves that you now have the chance to speak to their life that other people would never get that opportunity. You're with them in the hardest, most difficult moments of their life. If there's a shooting, if there's a fatality, if they're going through those things. And I mean, just what a great picture of Jesus that you are there walking with them in those difficult moments. And now that you have that chance to do that and spread it even on the state level is a big deal. So we appreciate what you're doing. And I know they do that,
1: absolutely. And you know, um, I here's, one, here's an example. One night, we were called to a fatality and uh but b- before that i'd got in the car with this trooper and uh, you know i always say hey what's going on tell me about your your life your family blah 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 and so he starts telling me how horrible his marriage is and so i'm going i'm sitting there and i'm going okay again i always go okay god what do you want me to say when you want me to say sure. and god always gives me the words you know and so uh i told him i said I started telling him truths from God's word, scripture, principles from God's word about marriage and about how we're supposed to love, especially our spouse, how we're supposed to treat our spouse and how we always have a choice. You know, God always gives us a choice into you're going to either act like a jerk Mm -hmm. or you're going to act, you know, according to God's word. So the lieutenant comes and gets me because he wants me to go with him to pray with the family that had lost their person that had been killed and so before i leave the trooper this i mean this huge guy comes up to me puts his arm around me says will you pray for me and i just go oh wow you know he said uh before you came tonight i was going to go home tonight and end my marriage he said i'm not now Mm. and so you just never know you know if if you're willing to get out there and to be used by god and i don't have any formal education or anything like that it's just it's just letting god use you in any situation they're in you know he will if you're willing to do it and so it just goes to show you if you're willing to do that god will use you and to help other people and to be his hands and feet and that's what simple church is all about you know being god's hands and feet loving on people serving people and just being out there solving problems, it makes a huge difference in people's lives. Yeah. So the Bob Goff says, a speaker and author we really
0: like around here, is that it's God's job to judge. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict. My job is to love. And that's Mm. what you're doing. You're showing up there in a real practical way and influencing those people from the inside and doing that here with Simple Church too. So we appreciate you, Ray. The last question we ask every person coming on, the best piece of parenting advice you've ever received or something that you might have already said, but just to recap, if there's something that can help a parent, what's one takeaway from it you got?
1: Live life without regrets. If there's a, a problem between you and someone, go talk to them. Resolve that. Um... But live your life in front of your kids, not with just re- your lips, mm. but with the w- your actions.
0: But Ray, I don't want to be patient. I just want to tell my kids to be patient. That's <laughs> <laughs> way harder if
1: I have to do it. I just want to tell them what to do. But, you know, I mean, th- your kids watch. They watch their kid, their parents, and they're going to be like you, you know, if you drink or if you whatever, you know, if you run around, if you keep a sloppy house or how you talk to each other how you talk to each how you treat each other all of those things your kids are watching and so um do the right thing live according to god's word and god will take care of the rest that's good words to live
0: by ray thank you for your time thanks for being thank here you.
1: again if you want to talk
0: to ray we would get that touch come on that's right he's great and we appreciate it thanks for listening to this episode all right thank you Thanks for listening to this conversation we had with Ray. It's great content. We all are big fans of Ray around here, and I hope you are too now that you've heard from him. If you would like to speak with Ray or another pastor, you have stuff going on in your life and you just need somebody to talk to, we would love to do that. Email him, ray, at thesimplechurch.tv. The email's there in the show notes as well, so you can get in touch, and we would love to just talk with you and be able to help because life is difficult. Parenting is difficult, and we bring you these conversations to try to help that, to know you're not alone, and we do appreciate your time. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode and give that five star review so we can help people to find it and have a great week.